The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Jessica. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello, everyone. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel. Stream it on SEMSynergy.com or pick it up on iTunes. And I like to say all of the above. We'd love to have that happen. Our guest today is Crosby Norks. Crosby is senior social media strategist for Red Door Interactive and creator of the award-winning blog PR Couture. She's going to talk about some of the things that go into a successful blog and the role social media and relationships play, something that I think we're all very much aware that there is interaction. I think it would be a great conversation to have. Uh, Stay tuned for that. But before that, I thought we'd talk a little bit about what I think everybody's going to care about the most near term, and that is that all the search results have changed, especially in the area of local, as a place search kick-in occurs. Um, I don't know if you've noticed it, but Google is actually putting in the left-hand bar in the everything column the ability to pick where you're at. I don't notice it. I Decided to play with it. <laughs> uh, I didn't really Tell care us about for it. it. Tell us about it for those people who hate the everything bar and never, ever look at it. Yeah, I know. I accidentally looked at it. <laughs> and uh, they have added a location, and it automatically figures out where you are basically by IP number. Mm-hmm. And you get to change it. And ideally, you can change it to a city, but you cannot change it to an attraction. So it doesn't look like it has the full database of maps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I typed in ORD, it didn't know it was an airport, but I typed in NYC and it knew it was a city. So it's pretty smart, but not exactly what you would expect. The problem is, as soon as I set a location, all of the Google results change. Yep. That's complicated. And all of the organic is now pushed down below the fold. And everything up top is local. And... Where the PPC ads are is now a local map. It's pushing all the PPC ads down below the fold. And this is for any search with any kind of local intent? As long as it's got a map on it, yeah. Good heavens. So what used to be the 7-pack or 10-pack is still the 7 or 10-pack. The map is not left aligned. It's at the top of the pay-per-click sponsored links column on the right. The text that says sponsored links has been moved down below the map so it's actually just above the pay-per-click ads and that means that all the pins are now left aligned 
That's kind of amazing. I mean, we've been talking about local as being really important for a long time now. Like, we've been talking months and months and months where we've been saying, you know, you have to be in the local results. You have to claim your business listing. You have to appear in that 7 to 10 pack. And, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. If you haven't already done this, you're kicking yourself right now, you know, because somebody else is in your spot. Well, this is serious stuff because... Uh, and you need to understand there's a lot of motivation for Google to do this. But when you have those things left aligned, uh, you really have local listings with pins right below them. The average user is going to think that this is a wonderful advantage because they have all this information. That must be the number one ranked organic site. When in fact it isn't. No, it's the number one local ranked site. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, but I, you said before we started the, the recording uh, that, you know, this was really sort of heralded by Marissa Mayer moving over to um, local. And, and so we all, we knew this stuff was coming because Marissa is very big on user experience. She was, you know, director of user experience for ages or senior VP of user experience. And... It's. I I know that it's got to be user focused, but I'm wondering how how this could possibly be really more satisfactory. Well, it is. If I if I'm looking for something locally, if Google is able to figure out that more people look for directions than look for just research types of information, they're going to help those people and. The map does accomplish a lot in that particular case. The The difference is that the motivation, I don't think, is quite what you said. I don't think this is uh, motivated by personal experience. I think it's motivated by revenue. If uh, the ads are better uh, positioned, if things that are local are the pay-per-click ads, then they're more targeted for that audience. And as a result, people are going to have a higher return on investment. And as a result, they're going to be able to pay more per click. And as a result, Google, for the same number of clicks on the same number of ads, can make 50% more money. Somehow to me, Google seems to care about profits. Maybe I'm wrong, (laughs) but I think that for the same number of clicks, I make 50% more is a big motivator here. If you know what, if it is profit driven, that makes a lot more sense to me because, frankly, the local results. If somebody hasn't actually claimed it and customized their local result, it sucks. It's terrible. It's it's not a useful result. You know, most of the time you you click on it and you kind of get some information and maybe that's the phone number, but maybe it's really not. Maybe it's hijacked by someone else. And am I really sure that this is right? There's no verified by whatever thing on it. How do I know? So if it's profit-driven, I understand that. If it's actually user experience-driven, I don't understand it because I find that the local results are really poor by comparison. Well, we have found that people have actually gone through and intentionally hijacked a competitor and put in a wrong phone number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have the phone number. People call it. They answer it the name of the business. It gets into the local results. Then they disconnect the phone number, and when anybody else calls that number, 
they get a disconnected number and assume the business is out of business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's why it's really critical that people claim their Google listing now and, like, go out, do it, make sure they have it. Because if you're not, it's, I mean, like I said, I, I find them worthless. I'd rather go to someone's website that I know that they put up and maintain. And relevancy is still relevancy. Yeah. Well, it's time for a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk with Crosby Norix about successful blogging. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. (laughs) Sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at SEOfox.com. That's SEOfox.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Jessica, and I'm joined by Crosby Norks, who is creator of PR Couture. Pierre Couture is an award-winning blog centered around public relations for the fashion industry. Crosby is also the senior social media strategist for Red Door Interactive, an agency that specializes in Internet presence management based in San Diego. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. 
I think Crosby has an excellent success story with her blog, and she's obviously put in all the necessary work to make it what it is today since she launched back in 2006. So what I wanted our listeners to learn from you is some of the things that have helped make your blog so successful. So can you start by telling us a little bit about how PR Couture began? Absolutely. I started PR Couture about six months after graduating with a master's degree in communication, and I had focused my my thesis on fashion PR. And when I was doing all that research, I noticed that there was really nothing about fashion PR available online. And after going through the process of interviewing practitioners and getting really interested in the field, I decided to start PR Couture as, as a way to continue that conversation and sort of have that uh, have that community aspect and potentially be able to provide resources to people that uh, that weren't able to find information about fashion PR online uh, before that. How has your strategy changed with your blog, um, or how has it developed since you began? Well, I think in the beginning. Uh, you know, blogging was just sort of emerging. A lot of fashion PR agencies, you know, they weren't blogging. Uh, certainly it didn't have uh, sort of the, I don't know if I want to say clout, but it didn't have kind of the pervasive uh, focus that it has now. And social media was really uh, in its in its infancy. And so I sort of threw it together in a weekend, uh, not really knowing what the goals were going to be. Uh, the name kind of came to me. The mission sort of came very quickly. Uh, taught myself WordPress, uh, bought the domain, and, and threw everything up. And then uh, it was probably about you know two years into it that I really sort of realized how much time I was spending uh, and wanted to make it uh, continue to have a lot of value to me. And so in order to do that, I really had to start you know treating it the way that I would treat a client and kind of took a step back and, and thought about, you know, the ways that I wanted to grow it and how I wanted to expand content and all of those things. Um, monetization was definitely a part of that as well. So when did it transition from being a labor of love to sort of a profit-driven venture? Uh, well, I would say, I mean, at this point, while it is sort of profit-driven, I, I haven't really taken that um, that full I haven't, I haven't done as much as I probably could do in that area, uh, but I would say that that the real push, you know, creating a media kit, uh, actually investing some money into working with a designer for a redesign, uh, all of that started to happen uh, in about 2008, so about two years into the site. And how do you um, traditionally promote your blog? I mean, how do you get found? How do you push your content? And what has been the most effective for you? Well, I think I was, you know, I came in at a really great time, and so I was able to establish a lot of relationships with other bloggers early on and have PR Couture listed in their, uh, you know, in their links and in their, um, you know, on their sites. And so that tends to still provide me with a lot of uh, just kind of basic traffic. Certainly, though, as, as Twitter and Facebook have kind of become what they are, those have have also sort of emerged as uh, key traffic generators for the site. Um, I've done very little actual, uh, you know, paid advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, are you feeling that social media is a huge push in the success of your blog now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our the PR Couture Twitter account has uh, close to 18,500 followers at this point, and every time that I uh, promote a 
promote an article or ask for ideas on articles or ask for feedback or connections, uh, Twitter becomes has become a really a really um, amazing place to do that. And similarly, more more recently, uh, the Facebook fan page has also started to drive really consistent traffic back to the site. Have you noticed a difference in the behavior from Twitter users versus Facebook users um, and the way that they engage with your site? Well, I do know that you know when it comes through Facebook, it's typically people who have already been to the site before because they're already fans of the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Twitter, you know, with, if the right person retweets that content, I can get a nice boost of people who have never been to the site before. And then, you know, if it's if it's relevant to them, I do see uh, on Twitter people spend a little bit more time on the site, and they'll look at a couple more pages, uh, especially you know if they're if they're a new visitor for. Um, for Facebook, it tends to be people just sort of coming to see what the latest post is, uh, and then they go back to doing what they were doing. And so, obviously, you said having a relationship with other bloggers is really key. I've heard people talk about that before in the past. Is it still as relevant today as it was before? Well, a lot of the a lot of the more interesting things that have happened through Pierre Couture, for example, uh, I was sponsored by the by Microsoft their Windows Phone to attend uh, the shows at Fashion Week uh, last September. That opportunity arose from a relationship that started uh, through a blogger relationship with a blogger turned friend of mine who. Uh, works in fashion PR and tech PR and recommended me for that. Uh, and and similarly to that example, there are a lot of um, a lot of events and opportunities and connections that have come through uh, the blogger space. Though I think now it's because we're all also on Twitter, the lines have sort of blurred, and now there's mm-hmm. a whole other place where we can connect. And certainly in the in the more PR space as opposed to the fashion space. Connecting with uh, practitioners uh, has been made a lot easier through uh, through Twitter. So I think you know it's it's still fundamental, but I think that you're also avail- you're also allowed to make a lot of other um, connections with uh, people who aren't bloggers, but that are sort of interesting and relevant to your space uh, right. through Twitter. And how much does off-page marketing play into the success of your blog with networking and going putting yourself out there um, outside of the digital world? Well, I think the the opera, it's really been, uh, it's been interesting the way that Pierre Couture has opened up offline experiences and, and more so probably in the last year. Uh, the last year I've done a lot of speaking and part of that is through Red Door and part of that is, also, is through Pierre Couture. Um, and so the um, the offline piece is sort of interesting because of course it's a lot it's a lot harder to track you know I don't get to just check my analytics and see that a bunch of people that were at you know fashion camp came and read the site mm-hmm. um, but I I do know and I've heard sort of circumstantially for example that um, after speaking at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and teaching there uh, that that has become you know a lot of a lot of students from there come to the site um, and so I think you know it all plays a part really in the in the extension of Pierre Couture and, and really turning Pierre Couture into a brand and putting a face behind the brand as well. Uh, so I certainly I certainly enjoy um, being able to have you know these offline conversations and and make connections that way. Um, though I would say that you know I'm not exactly sure you know how that translates directly into increased traffic. It certainly expands my network and right. um, allows me to meet new people, which is great. 
Absolutely. Um, so what are some of your favorite ways to measure and track um, the ROI for your social media efforts? Well, I think, you know, we tend to we tend to look at things that we can uh, that we can measure really easily. So things that are, are really direct channel oriented. So, you know, obviously if you have a specific, you know, coupon code or a specific offer and then you can track that back, that's uh, you know, that's a really easy way to be able to see, you know, what kind of an influence your uh, social media efforts are having. It's a little more different, difficult to, uh, you know, translate, for example, you know, brand affinity or loyalty over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, though certainly, you know, what I like to do is is take a look at, you know, what are the conversations and the themes of the conversations that are happening uh, and how that can really tell us a lot about um, the things that our, our customers, our consumers are most interested in and then how we use that to then uh, influence the kind of content that we develop. So once someone has reached the level of success that you have with your blog, really what is the next step or the next goal for that person? Well, I think for for a lot of bloggers, you know, you really get to the point where you're wondering, you know, is this something... Um, is this something that's really sustainable? Uh, is this something that that I can continue to put so that I have enough passion about to continue to put, you know, effort into um, looking for new opportunities to kind of expand the type of content that that you have? Um, I started to work a lot more with guest writers because I am, you know, incredibly busy at my at my full time job, and so um, I'm not always able to. Uh, follow up as quickly as I would like or execute stories as quickly as I would like. So um, relying on guest bloggers has been really, uh, really important. Uh, I think also, you know, looking at the monetization piece and trying to figure out um, exactly exactly how to expand that in a way that really uh, honors your readers and uh, the focus and doesn't get too, you know, outside the box uh, in terms of what's relevant to them. And then thirdly for me, you know, it's looking at, yes, my goal really is to uh, to drive a lot of traffic to the site and I want people to consume the content, but then, you know, where does that connect for, um, you know, consulting opportunities or potentially um, creating material that's monetized to kind of take the next step so that um, so that it continues to provide me with enough value to, you know, quantify the amount of time that I invest in it. All really great stuff. Um, you can contact Crosby on Twitter. Her handle is PR underscore couture, spelled C O U. T-U-R-E. Check out her blog at www.prcouture.com. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Crosby. We really learned a lot from you. Thanks so much. After the break, Susan and I will be talking about some of the things over the years that have boosted the success of the Bruce Clay Inc. blog. So stick around. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka sound all the time? In my new book, ka 
how to run an online business that pays and pays. I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com and I'll give you a kaching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's k a c h i n g book.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. markethealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the markethealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss and much more. Sign up for free at markethealth.com and start making money today. State of Search Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Susan, and I'm here with Jessica, and we're going to be talking about blogging. Jessica just finished talking with Crosby Norix on successful blogging, and thought this would be a perfect time to talk about some of the things that have worked for our blog over the years. Obviously, we've been running our blog since actually slightly before I started here, so six years.、Oh, wow. um, not that you would know it from from those <laughs> from those early years.、Uh, it, it, it didn't get a lot of love. It wasn't really paid much attention to. Um, right at first,、uh, it was maybe sporadic, you know, newsy post updates,、mm-hmm. not a whole lot.、Uh, and I took it over、uh, when I started. And again, it was still just short, newsy little posts, not a whole lot of information, not a whole lot of opinion, not a whole lot of attention as a result. So After that, we finally hired Lisa and she became our full time blogger. And I really think that that was a key element because Lisa brought a lot of things to the blog, including voice and opinion and dedication, which I think is a huge, huge part. We had someone, this was a, a clear, important thing to the company where we were putting our voice out there each and every day. And when was Lisa first on as a blogger? Uh, Lisa started with the company in, oh gosh, 2006, I want to say, maybe. And she was here for about two years. Two years, two and a half years. I think it was early 2006 we hired her. And then she was here、um, until September of 2008. And obviously now she's with Outspoken Media. And when she left, you sort of continued on the tradition of. Daily blogging, being more controversial, having opinions. Like, what, what was it that you feel made the blog what it is today from when Lisa left to now? Well, after Lisa left, obviously, there was Virginia. She took、um, over right away? Yeah, yeah,、mm-hmm. we, we, we transitioned over right away. And, and there were some rocky patches. And I think, and Virginia talked about this a little bit in her blog post at the time, where You know, coming off of someone like Lisa, who was a very strong personality and, and very much had、uh, specific opinions that were both in agreement with the company. You know, it wasn't like she was speaking counter to what we believe, it was just that she had them herself and, and, and brought her own knowledge and her own viewpoint. Right. And 
you know, Virginia did the same thing. You're doing the same thing now as well. Well, did Lisa have industry experience when she came on? No, no, neither, neither Virginia nor Lisa. Yeah, that's where I find it difficult is being sort of new to the industry, trying to find my opinion on things. Um, I do have opinion on things, but where there's like a topic where you need more of a holistic view on the search industry, I think it just comes with time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The, you know, in a lot of cases, the most interesting part about a blog post isn't that you know everything. It's that you have a strong opinion about something, right? Uh, and I don't mean just generate posts because you're trying to fill space and whatever. That's that's not interesting. But if you have an opinion about something, even if you don't know a whole lot about it, but you say, you know what, this is what I know about it. And from what I can tell, this is it. And this is how I feel about that. That's a lot more interesting than sitting and listening or reading a lecture from the most interesting, you know, from, from the most knowledgeable person in the world. I would, everybody wants to go to interesting lectures, not knowledgeable lectures, right? The, the professors who know the most are not necessarily the professors who teach you the best. And that's the same that's true of writers. That's the same that's true of bloggers. It's the same that's true of anybody. You know, it, the idea is not you have to know everything about an industry before you jump into blogging about it. You mm -hmm. can learn. You can actually have your learning curve right there on the blog. And that's, you know, when you look back at any blogger who get, who's getting started, that's the case. Even if you know a lot already, that's going to be the case because you're going to continue learning. You're going to continue growing. You're going to continue developing your voice. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about when you guys started doing pushes of the content through social media like Twitter. I know it was sometime probably in 2008 that we were really starting to push Twitter because before 2008, there were people on Twitter, but it really hadn't picked up yet. Uh, I think that, that 2007, 2008 was really when it started to take off. People really started to get interested in it and that really started pushing. Before then, I think it was more of a link economy. You know, you would mention people and link to them and then hope to get their attention and then they would link back to you. And Yeah. Yeah. Crosby was actually talking about leveraging Twitter um, to just sort of gauge like what people are talking about in your community, which can also help you formulate topics if you're at a block and you can't figure out what to write about. There's your community. This is what they're talking about. Breaking news. Um, and also leveraging guest bloggers, which she also touched on. Um, that's been successful with us in the past. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, guest bloggers, I, you know, I, I'm not really sure how much more there is to say other than they, they really are a great way to bring a fresh voice to the blog, bring some fresh expertise. And the thing is that when you have a guest blogger, if they're a pretty well-known blogger themselves, they're going to bring their readership because they're going to talk about it. And so they're going to come over and they're, and they're going to read and they're going to participate and they're going to join in your community. And you're going to get that mingling of communities. And it's going to work the other way for them too. Guest blogging on somebody's blog means that you're going to pick up some of their readers and they're going to go over and read. And if they like your stuff, they're going to stick around. Hopefully that that's how it works. Guest blogging really should be that kind of um, uh, symbiotic relationship where, where you're getting something as you're giving something. And I, I, really, I really like guest bloggers. I, I don't think that... You know, I, I think you have to be careful about how often you, you know, pull in guest bloggers because if you're constantly having guest bloggers, is it really your blog anymore? You know, you, you have to can post consistently enough yourself that you are maintaining that that 
brand that you built up in your blog. But yeah, guest bloggers, absolutely. If you're going on vacation, setting up a guest blog is way better than trying to, you know, let your blog go fallow for a couple of weeks or, you know, pumping out a bunch of mediocre posts so that you can auto post while you're gone and not be able to monitor the conversation. It's way, way better to, you know, have the guest bloggers, let them participate and play in your space for a little while and then move on. Right. Um, so obviously you can blog every day, um, but if you can't, you can always, if you're a smaller business or even a bigger business, look into your internal staff because you're obviously going to have people who are experts on every little thing in your company and that will bring some spice to your blog. It'll free up your workload. Yeah, you're right. You can you can do a lot of different things in, in terms of, of building up content in your blog that's not just you know, causing blogger burnout, making someone blog each and every single day. And the, the thing is, you know, you have to pay attention to it just like any other part of your site. If you're going to be speaking to someone and bringing them content and committing them to bring them content, do it and make it useful and make it relevant and make it consistent and don't waste people's time. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks to our guest, Crosby Norks, and thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing the show. Check out scmsynergy.com for more on this week's guest and topics, or follow us on Twitter at scmsynergy. If you have internet marketing questions or if there's anything you want to hear about, email scmsynergy at bruceclay.com. Come back next week for more industry info and experts. Thanks for joining us on SCM Synergy. 